Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. I'm excited to be here for your Vision Builder Sunday because we've been a church that's been in existence for 25 years. So we've been through that journey. And I know where you're heading towards if you are faithful in this house. Amen? Amen. But this morning, I just want to bring you a very simple word that's called ABC. How many of you are ready to learn some ABC? Yeah. Yeah. Right, it's called the Acon Believers in Christ. Well, I want to turn to the Bible in Romans chapter 11 and verse 29. Let me read to you this awesome verse. It says that God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. All right, God's gifts and His call are irrevocable. This is a fantastic verse because um, as I expand on it later on, you begin to see that this verse applies to you totally. Regardless of the situation, the stage of life that you're in, it's going to go into your life and cause something to grow inside of you. You know, one of the nicest things you can actually receive in your life is a gift. How many of you love to have a gift? Yeah, I love it, you know. And one of the times that you always receive a gift is during your birthdays, right? You might not have done anything to deserve it, right? What have you done during your birthday except that you were born on this day? Some of you 30 years ago, some of you, I don't know, 60, 90 years ago. Well, you have done nothing really. But you deserve it because your parents gave you, you know, gave you this life and you begin to bring forth something in you, a gift that's on the inside, which is what this verse is talking about. And many times it doesn't really matter whether the gift is valuable or expensive or not. I mean, my wife is fantastic. I love her. Because every birthday, she just has, she just has one simple request from me. All she asks for is to have a cake and for the family to come together and sing her birthday song. I mean, I don't have to think about the diamonds I'm going to buy, the bags, you know, the shoes. No, no, no. It's just a simple cake and to sing a birthday song. You see, what is she looking for? She's basically looking, you know, for me and the family to come together because the gift is all about the appreciation and the thought put into it. You know, and one of the worst things that can happen to a gift is when it's being left unused. And I've been in the full-time ministry for 15 years now. And uh, before that, I was a leader in the church. So for 20 years, I've always been involved in the pastoral ministry. And when I was growing up as a leader, one of the gifts that people love to give to me, especially when they are youth, is to have a mark. Yeah? Just to have a mark. And in my house, if I open the kitchen cabinet, you'll see tens of marks over there. It is just too many for me to use. And one of the things that is wasteful is when a gift is given to you, but it's been left there to waste, not being used. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Yeah? You know, M. Jeffrey was born in 1963 in Brooklyn, New York. I mean, it was, he was just an ordinary kid. And when he was two years old, he moved to North Carolina with his parents. And just like any American boy, he has a dream to be a star in the sporting arena. So, you know, in America... They have three major sports. So first of all, he tried to play baseball in church, I mean, in, in the schools. And as he began to play baseball, he realized that he is not very good in it. He has strike one, strike two, strike three, and out he goes, literally. And there goes his dreams. Because he's just not very good in using a bat. So next, he tried to have American football. I mean, America, right? 
So as he began to try to throw those balls, he realized that no, he can't make it as well. You know, nobody can catch the ball that this guy is trying to throw. So he gave up American football. So next he tried his hand, you know, on basketball. And thank God, I mean, he's pretty good at it. So M. Jeffrey was playing basketball in school. But something happened. That's right, Michael Jordan, right? Something happened when he was 16 years old. You know, his coach came up to him and said, Hey guy, I think you're too short for this sport. At 16 years old, Michael Jordan was at 1.8 meter tall. He's two centimeters taller than me. And guys, he's too short to play basketball. And he was devastated. But because of that, he was really motivated to work hard the next one year. So in the next one year, he went on to practice and practice and practice. And eventually, he grew by 10 centimeters. Now, don't ask me how he did it, all right? You know, I don't have the secret to growing 10 centimeters in one year. But he did it. In one year, he grew by 10 centimeters. And eventually, he became a star in his junior varsity. This is the story of Michael Jeffrey Jordan, who played in the NBA in 1991. You see, Michael Jordan did not give up because he realized there's a gift on the inside of him. In 1991, he won the championship for the Chicago Bulls. And he did not just win it for one year. He did it in 92, and he did it in 1993. So three years in a row, he won the championship for the Chicago Bulls. But something drastic happened in 1993. Suddenly, this guy decided to call it a day. He gave up. He says, I'm going to declare my retirement for the rest of my life. The whole world was shocked. I remember. I was just a little boy when that happened in 1993. I still remember when Michael Jordan declared his retirement. And eventually, people found out it's because his dad passed away that year. Friends, what about you today? Maybe some of you, you have that gift on the inside, but something happened in your life. It might be a bad situation. Somebody might have let you down. You might have gone through a bad patch in life and you gave up. But thankfully, at least for Chicago Bulls, he came back to play in the NBA, you know, in 1995. Not so much for the rest of the team. I mean, I support LA Lakers. Well, I'm not too happy about it, but it's good for the Chicago Bulls. So Michael Jordan came back to play in the NBA in 1995. You've got to realize that this guy did not touch basketball for more than a year. You know, but when he came back to play in 1995, what happened? Somehow that gift on the inside of him is still in existence. He's still able to play the basketball and shoot the basket. And eventually, he won the championship for the Chicago Bulls again in 1996, 1997, and 1998. So three years in a row. So if you want a formula to win a championship, just have MJ. You know, it's guaranteed for three years you will, you will win the championship. Michael Jordan showed us something that God is trying to speak to us this morning. That when a gift is given to you, it will stay there forever and ever. Somebody say amen. You know, in Romans chapter 11 and verse 29 again, all right, in the Message Bible, I want to read to you. It says that God's gifts and God's call are under full warranty, never cancelled never rescinded. You see, 
The gift of God is given to you with a guarantee. You know, recently I just bought a printer for my house and um, it comes with a one-year warranty. You know, I don't know about you, but I didn't even fill up the warranty because I know my printer can last for that one year or even two years or three years. What I need is a warranty that will last forever. So the moment my printer got spoiled, I can bring it back to the shop and get it replaced. But we all know that this doesn't happen over here. Only the call of God, only the gifts of God are guaranteed with a full warranty for the rest of your life. So this morning, I need you to look into your life. What is it that's in you? Have you ever considered the abilities, the talents, the creativity that's in you as a gift from God? You know, God has a wonderful plan for all of us. In fact, in the Amplified Bible, it says that He never withdraws them when once they are given. And He does not change His mind about those to whom He gives His grace or to whom He sends His call. You know, this is God's principle. When He gives us something on the inside, He will never take it back. Just look at Michael Jordan. He has not played for more than a year. But the moment he picks up that basketball, somehow that ball sticks to his hand. You know, he can just make a good basket because of what is on the inside of him. You know, the Bible says that David served his generation by the will of God. David is a great man of God. All right, he's a man after God's own heart. He had always wanted to build God a great house, a magnificent house. If you look at 1 Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 5, you can see it on the screen over here. It says, David said, Solomon, my son, is young and inexperienced, and a house to be built for the Lord must be exceedingly magnificent, famous, and glorious throughout all countries, and I will now make preparation for it. So David made abundant preparations before his death. David is a great man. One day he was just in his palace, right? So everything is adorned with diamonds, with gold, with all the precious stones. He was looking at his own palace and he opened up the window and began to look out into the desert. And there in the distance, he saw a makeshift tent. There has no diamonds, there has no gold or any precious stones. But that is the place that God is staying in. So David's heart was so moved. He says, God, how can I live in such a comfortable place and such a magnificent house, but yet you are staying in a tent? So then, then he made a decision to build God a house. Something that's magnificent, something that's glorious and famous throughout all the earth. You know what is God's answer to him? God says, son, thanks, but no thanks. You have a great heart, but because your hand is filled with blood, from all the wars that you're involved in. So your son is going to build me a house instead. Now, did David get angry with God? And say, God, it's not fair. All I wanted to do is just to give to your house. I just want to build you a great living place so that the, oh, the whole earth can be in awe of what a great God you are. But God says, no, you're not going to build me a house. Solomon is going to do it. You see, you've got to realize one thing. All of us have different gifting inside of us. You know, have you ever met some people that are really gracious and really merciful? I mean, we have some 
members in our congregation. All you have to do is to tell them the problems that you have in your life and they will cry with you for hours. Sit there and just be quiet, just listening to you. Well, I have to admit that I'm not that man. <laughs> you know, but some people, they have such a great gift on the inside of them because we are all created differently. You know, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 6, it says that having then gifts, deferring according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in administering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So the Bible clearly says that there are various kinds of gifts that's been given to all of us. And we don't have to compare with one another what we have. But that is the problem, see? Most of us want to compare with one another the gift that's on the inside, the gift that God has given to us. Now, this morning, I want you to, to be really confident and turn to your neighbor and tell them straight in the face, say, I can do something better than you. Come and be confident about it. You're not being proud. That's the truth. I want you to turn back to the neighbor that said that to you, all right? And tell them, but I can do something that you can't. You know, I saw some of you, the, the, the wife is jabbing on her husband. Oh, come on, how can you say that to me? You see, friends, that's the truth of the matter. We can always do something better than the person sitting next to us. Maybe some of you, you can sing better. Some of you, you can play the instruments. Some of you, you are a better businessman. You know, some of, some of us, we are hopeless with numbers. So we all have our different giftings. All right? We can do something that the other person cannot. And there are some truths that you need to understand about the gifts of God. What is it about the gift of God that is so important to us? You see, first of all, you've got to understand that God's gifts are given to all who believe. So what is the criteria for you to receive that gift from God? All you have to do is to believe. Look at Matthew chapter 7 and verse 11. It says that if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts and good things to those who ask Him? So God is willing to give to all who ask, and that includes you. Amen? All means all. You know, he's not one who will be calculative of what you deserve. I mean, I say this with truth. One of the things that you know of the Chinese race, of whom I'm a Chinese, is that we are very good with calculating things. Right? We are so good, calculate down to the very cent. I mean, especially in Singapore, where I come from, when you do business, it's all about cost effectiveness. Everything got to be calculated to the very cent. I don't think God is a Chinese <laughs> because He doesn't really calculate what you deserve in your life. All He wants is for you to believe in Him and He will give it to you liberally. See, God is willing to do that, but He expects us to believe in Him. You see, Romans 5 verse 8 says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means while you were still doing wrong, 
Christ has already died for you. While you were still deep in your sin, He has already gone to the cross for you and I. And He is willing to give us that chance to receive that salvation. Why? Because it's a free gift for all who believe in Him. The Bible says that all the promises of God in Christ are yes and amen. What does it mean to you when you read this verse? You see, it means that whenever you read in the Bible where there's a promise from God, God has already said yes to all of them. But He wants you to say amen to it. Yes, I believe God. God, I claim this in my life because it's a free gift for all of us. You know, Charles Spurgeon, a great revivalist in the 1900s, he once told a story of a woman who has been hired by a very rich individual. So this lady was just a servant in the house of a very, very wealthy man in London. And one day, the wealthy man was growing on in years and he was on his deathbed. But he has no children. So he told the lady, he said, well, thank you for serving me the last 20 years. I just want to give you a little something to appreciate you. So he wrote a letter. He wrote the name of the lady. He signed it off and gave the letter to the lady. So after that, he passed away. So the lady began to bring the letter of appreciation back home and began to pin it on a wall just beside the door when she goes out to work. So every single day when she goes out to work, she saw that letter that put a smile on her face because she just feels so appreciated by the master that she has been serving. Every day she just did that. And one day, the lady fell ill. So Charles Spurgeon was in London and he heard about this lady. He went on to pray for this lady. So as he began to pray and say, in the name of Jesus, be healed right now. And he was turning on his way to get out of the door. He saw that letter. And as he began to look at it, he turned to the lady and said, Lady, do you know how to read? She said, no, this is the, the 1900s, I mean 1800s. What do you expect? We ladies don't learn how to read. And he said, well, do you know that this is a very important document? She said, what is it? He says that if you bring this document to the bank, you will be a very rich lady. You don't have to stay in this rundown house anymore because that is a check that's been given to that lady. You see, but she didn't understand. She didn't believe it. And because of that, she has been living in poverty the rest of her life. You see, what is the moral of this story? God's gifts is all available to, available to all of us. But whether we cash it out or not is another story. You can have a blank check. But if you keep it as a souvenir back home, frame it up, it looks nice, it sounds nice, you can tell all your friends about it, I am very rich, I have this check. They'll look at you like, but why are you living a life in poverty? Because you did not cash it out. You see, all God expects of us is to believe in Him, alright? And begin to have that come out of us, that gift of God, that calling of God. You see, so this woman finds it hard to believe because of all that she has gone through. What else about the gift of God that you got to know? You got to know, number two, that the gift of God will grow. And I think that's the exciting part. Because as I look at you, I mean, C3 Nusa, yeah, fantastic. You're just one year old. I tell you, when we are one year old, we don't have a nice facility that you have. 
We don't have the perfect band that you have. I mean, we were just trying to play with one guitar and trying to lead the song. And who is the song leader in those days? My senior pastor. You know, Kong, he was the one that leads the song. He's the one that preached. He's the one that gives announcements. Basically, he does everything. You know, but you are well equipped. You know, so all of you are pioneer in this work together with your pastors. You know, Pastor Christian, Pastor Melissa. Because you are here right in the very beginning. And I think that's exciting. Because whenever you're involved in a pioneering work, that's where God will honour you. Please turn to your neighbour tell them, thank you for being a part of this church. You know, God is building His church, the Bible says. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So what is God building? I believe He's building both a spiritual one, but also a physical one. You know, spiritually, how can you build a church together? It's when you begin to serve one another in a ministry. Begin to serve in whatever that's needed in the church. But physically, that's where you can also give. You know, to a work that you know that will last for a long time. Because God is faithful. You see, what, is, what has God placed in your hands this morning? Maybe some of you, you're asking, you're saying, but pastor, I don't have much. You know, I'm trying to build, build up a, a young family in this place. I just moved over, you know, from another, from another place right here to Nusa. And I'm just trying to start life anew again. You see, but what have you got in your hands? Look at Moses. What does Moses have in his hand? He said, God, I'm nothing. I'm a fugitive. I'm running away from the law. But God says, what do you have in your hand? He says, I just have a shepherd's staff. It's just a stick. Nothing valuable. Nothing really important. But God says, this is the staff that you're going to use to deliver the children of Israel. You see, with that staff, He's able to split open the Red Sea. With that staff, He's able to split the rock and cause water to come out of it. With that staff, He's able to perform signs and wonders and many, many miracles. And with that staff, a whole nation can be delivered. You know, friends, start using the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you. doesn't matter what it is. But the moment you start to use it, it starts to grow. Some of, some of us, we say, but, 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 the moment is not there yet. The timing is not right. I don't know whether you have heard about this. I've heard this all the time. Pastor, I will do it. But the timing is not yet. We are all waiting for the perfect moment. You see, never wait for the perfect moment. But use that moment to make it perfect. Every moment is perfect the moment you decide to use it. You see, don't despise the small beginnings in your life. You know, some of us, we felt like our gift is like a small little acorn, right? That's what we are learning, right? The ABCs of life. How to be an acorn believer in Christ. You see, what can an acorn accomplish? What is its purpose? What can you do now? An acorn cannot grow oranges like an orange tree, obviously, right? You know, an acorn cannot have beautiful flowers, like a rose. So what can an acorn really accomplish? All it can do is just keep growing 
and growing and growing until it becomes the big oak tree. See, a small little acorn can grow to be a big oak tree that looks magnificent. Its branches begin to stretch out. Its leaves were many and begin to have shelter for all the birds and animals. It has a great purpose in itself. And not just that. After it became a big oak tree, it has many, many small little acorns that can reproduce itself again and again and again. See, you may not know what you will accomplish today. You know, you may not even know how much maybe your giving can contribute to the building of uh, this great church. But there's an acorn within each and every one of us. Start exercising what God has placed on the inside of you. You see, what we are is God's gift to us. Or what we become is our gift to God. Who you are today is God's gift for you. You might not have done anything to come to this stage of life, but God is the one that gave you. But what you become in the future is your gift to God. You know, City Harvest Church was started 25 years ago in 1989 in this small little place that we always call the 41A. It's a small little house where there are three different rooms and we go there every weekend. As youth, I was just a teenager. And we were there, you know, just worshipping God, just praying together. Young people. There are only 20 of us who started this work together with Pastor Kong. We were all students. I mean, are we rich? Definitely not. <laughs> we have no money. The only working adult is Kong himself. He works to support the church. He buys the equipment with the money that he earns. You know, he begins to rent the place with the money that he has. So everything is just dependent on that one man. But even as students, we always say that, well, you know, pastor, we are students. You know, our pockets are empty. It's always empty. There's nothing inside. But our heart is full. Our hearts are always full with a passion to love God and to, and to serve God. So we started this work with this young group of people. But one thing you got to know, a gift of God will continue to grow. We started with 20 people. It grew to 120. Then soon it grew to 200. Then 400. Then 800. Then 1,000. Then 3,000. Then 5,000. 7,000. And eventually, we are more than 20,000 people right now. You see, who would have imagined a group of 20 young people would grow to be a large congregation but you know what? It's not because we were too smart of it or anything like that. But because our hearts were always full of the passion for God. And we just keep giving to God. Give of our life. Give of our talents. Give of our finances. Whatever that is needed of us, we gave it to God. You know, we, we always have um, lots of collection in the church. But never once were the people anxious about it because we know that all we have to do is to try our best. You know, we always say this, and, and C3 believes in this as well. It's always unequal amount, but equal sacrifice. See, the very first giving, I remember, that was um, probably about 20, over year, 20 years ago. My very first giving, you know, at that time, 
was $800 to the Lord. I said, God, that's everything that I have. $800, this is my life. I'm giving of everything that I have to you. And eventually, that giving increases and God began to build a great house in City Harvest Church. And today we are meeting in a 7,500-seater hall in Suntec Convention Center, right downtown. What is God saying this morning to you? You see, friends, when you start to give of your life to Him, He will cause it to expand and to grow. See, nothing is too small for God. Everything that's placed in the Master's hands will begin to grow. And I want to leave you with this verse this morning. It says in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6, that is why I will remind you to stir up, to rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands. Keep it burning. That's what the Bible says. Keep the gift burning. Keep working on your gift. Keep your gift active. What is God saying? Go on, guys. I'm cheering you on. Keep believing in me. Because whatever that is planted today will grow to be something large if it is placed in the Master's hands. You know, this is the start of a great church here in Musa. I know God has so much more in store for you because we've been there. You know, when the people of God band together, unite together with the vision of their pastor, God is going to cause it to grow into a big oak tree. So the gift that God has given to you will keep growing. The gift that God has deposited in this church will keep increasing. The question you've got to ask yourself is this. Will I be a part of this great work that God is doing over here? Or will I just be a passerby? That is the critical question for all of you this morning. I pray that you will be like David, right? He served his generation by the will of God before he died. I want to be able to tell God, God, before I die, I want to serve this generation by your will. I want to know the purpose you have for my life. I want to be together in a team of people, in a church of the living God that's making impact in the community, in the country, and all over the world. You've got to be a part of something greater than yourself. Right? So fan the flame of God within you. If you believe that, shall we give God a big hand? Hallelujah. Would you stand up together with me on your feet this morning? I just want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just want to thank you for every single one that's represented here. We thank you, God, that you have a great plan and a great purpose for this church. We pray that everyone will be involved to build a great work for you, just like David. Lord, that will serve his generation by the will of God. Let the purpose of God, the destiny of God be so evident in this church. And I pray that everyone will be involved in this great work. So I speak a word of blessing over every single one. Those of the people who are looking for a purpose in life, I pray that you will reveal it to them. Those of us 
Lord, they might have a gift on the inside of us, but have not been using it. I pray that this morning, you begin to cause it to come forth and be a blessing to many around us. So I thank you. I bless these people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.